Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's Ninth State Sports Show, Football Edition. My name is Joe Marchalina. Alongside me once again, former longtime football coach in the state of New Hampshire, Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Joe. We are once again recording the show at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, As always, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, You can listen to the show every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. And no big announcements this week, so let's, uh, I, it's right to the football. Very vanilla. Very, yes, very <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> but we have a lot of football that went on we this do. weekend, so we, um, have some, we have some stuff to cover. You know, and, and you know, as we were just kind of saying before we got started here, um, you know, l- last week we had two big games in Division One that we looked at as being, you know, kind of uh, kind of show us games. Like, we're, we're going to, s- these teams are going to let us know you know who to, who's really going to be a contender this year yeah early um you had exeter just beaten up on merrimack and um Goss, or excuse me bedford beaten up on goffstown right uh so kind of a little bit of uh, uh i don't want to say disappointment but not scores we expected to see maybe from those games we thought maybe they'd be a little bit closer yeah i think whatever it did it solidified that that those the victors there were very were, legitimate yes, contenders teams that we they are who we thought they were exactly kinda, yeah uh this week same thing we had two big games um turned out to be two pretty entertaining games you had um londonderry at pinkerton uh exeter at nashua north yeah that one being between two undefeated teams that are that potentially could be the number one seed out coming out of that side of the bracket. Um, you had North winning on a last second or a, or a walk off field goal. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen that live, uh, like in a high school game. I don't know if I've. I've. I don't think s- that I have. Yeah. No. Uh, a walk off field goal. No. no. Certainly, a, maybe a field goal to win the game. But you know, there's time, little time right. left. Yep. Somebody might have another possession, well, a quick what, one. But what comes to mind to me is the um, the D three championship game last year. Manadnock won. Yeah. But there was like ten seconds left in that game. Right. So technically, yeah. So they they still had to kick off. <laughs> right. You know. Uh, so you had that game, and then out in Derry, you had London Derry uh, for the first time since two thousand and one. A, a snapping a 22-game losing streak to Pinkerton yeah. uh, with a 42-24 to 24 win that, you know, the final score, maybe you look at that and you say, oh, that was, you know, it was no problem for Londonderry. I mean, it was a 35-7 to 7 game at halftime. Yeah. Uh, but that got dicey uh, in the second half there. There was, um, you know, there were a few moments where I thought, what is Londonderry doing they're kind of opening the door here for Pinkerton to get back in this game, and and that's kind of what happened. You know, yeah. they had a they had a stretch there where you know after Pinkerton kicks a field goal to make it a thirty-five to ten game, um, they try a, kind of a trick play, almost gets picked off. Two plays later, they do throw an interception, and then two plays after that, Pinkerton hits on a big pass play. It's all, all of a sudden a thirty-five seventeen game. Yeah, they force a, a punt. Leonardary goes three and out. Pinkerton gets the ball back. And uh, in, I think, four plays, score again on the first play of the fourth quarter. Oh, so yeah. you got 11 minutes and, f- and f- uh, 56 seconds, I think it was, left of the game. And all of a sudden, it's 35-24. Yeah, and you have the uh, entire fourth quarter to play. You know, and, and for a team, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever been on either end of this spectrum where you're the team that's won a bunch in a row or a team that's lost a bunch in a row. To, to uh, another, but opponent. I, another opponent. Yeah. But I got to imagine that, that, you know, whether they want to admit it or not, there were some Londonderry folks who probably were getting in their head 
geez, this is this isn't going to happen again, is it? Can this really happen this way? Oh, definitely. I, I think um, right because these are these are good, well coached, mature athletes at the high school level, but they're also. I mean, it gets into pros' heads sometimes, right? So they're and these are these are young men, not adult athletes. So it it, it absolutely. I mean, anybody that tells you that wouldn't factor in, probably not being truthful with you. You know, you hear it in the media. Uh, you know, sometimes the coaches will even make a point of it as a motivating factor, right? So you might have had Coach Lozon saying, "Hey, it's been this long. We're going to turn it around. We're the team to make it different." But the fact of the matter is if momentum starts to swing in the game, it's very difficult to guard against the here we go again syndrome, right? You, you as much as people uh, try to say, hey, I'm not superstitious or I don't believe in that kind of stuff, it's almost hard sometimes to believe you're not snake bitten when you've had this sort of history. So I have no doubt that there was, even if it was subconscious, right? Some of those guys that were playing out there that night was like, this can't possibly be <laughs> happening, right? Uh, and the fans do probably. Oh, probably, yeah. Uh, and then... Um, what happens is Londonderry answers that touchdown with a uh, nine-play, 75-yard drive, um, yeah, and and gets a uh, gets a touchdown on a, a 10-yard run by uh, Jake McEachern, who, yeah. you know, I, I I had not seen Londonderry yet this year. Uh, a lot, a couple new faces, of course. Jeffrey Wiedenfeld's a guy you know we've seen for a couple of years now. Yeah. You know what we're getting with you're getting with him. Um, Pinkerton did a, a good job of containing him from getting from break, breaking off any big runs. Which that in itself is a is, is a, a big feat. accomplishment. He, he scored, he's a very fast, yes. good running back. Um, he gets he gets a lot of tough yards too. Yeah. I, I forgot how physical of a runner he is. Um, he's you know he's not a huge guy, uh, but you know he seems to have no problem running between uh, you know running behind his line and just and just yeah, taking just contact. Up yeah. In there. Um, what imp- impressed me, though, was just Londonderry's team speed. Uh, specifically, you know, you got McEachern there at quarterback, uh, Cole Keegan on one side, uh, Alex, uh, and I know, I think I pronounced his name. I told you how to pronounce his name. You and did. I, I pronounced it wrong. So it is, uh, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to pronounce it wrong again. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Tessilius, I think is, is how you say that. I'm not, I'm, I'm screwing it up again. I apologize. <laughs> um <laughs> He's but probably just pleased them, that you're mentioning yeah. him as a really elite player. The two of them, <laughs> their their speed and their ability to get away from coverage, um, I thought was really what made the difference in that game and, and what has brought Londonderry to another level yeah. this year. You know, both are big receivers, um, and, and they're they're just they look very difficult to cover. Yeah. You put the ball anywhere around them and look like they're going to catch it. Um, they have breakaway speed. They have just that quickness too, um, which really are two different things. Uh, oh, definitely, you know, especially in football it is, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you got straight-ahead speed, but that that agility and that ability to kind of change direction quickly and just make those little moves that make people miss or just, like, enough to get you open, I mean, those are a, a lot of times difference makers, especially in D1 where, you know, there's a lot of speed on the field usually. One thing I will be curious to see, uh, there was a lot of celebrating after that game. Uh, by Londonderry, yeah, a couple of uh, you know, oh, let's plant the flag at midfield kind of moments. Oh, a lot of picture taking. Yeah, um, you got to be careful with that. You know, man. and and it was kind of a, it was a little bit amusing. Uh, of course, you know, on the other sideline, you've got Brian O'Reilly, uh, the longtime Pinkerton coach, just kind of standing there, watching all of it, letting uh, all that yeah, burn into of, his yeah, retinas. Yes, yeah, um, you know, so it was kind of like. 
I get why they, you know, why there was that much excitement. Yeah. But they got to play Wyndham on Saturday. You know, Wyndham's maybe not having the best of years, and they're. I certainly wouldn't pick them to beat Londonderry, but you know, a Saturday afternoon game. You know, coming off a, a big win, um, a, an enormous win. Yeah. The week before, that maybe you let linger a little bit too long. I'd be surprised Wyndham's if hungry. like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that first half it's like a you know. 14 to 10 kind of game or, or just a closer game than maybe you look at it and you say, Oh, what, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, so that wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. No, uh, it wouldn't because Wyndham's a, a program that has a lot of pride too, you know, so you know that they're not happy with, uh, the start that they've had to their season. And, um, and, and, and exactly what you just said, right. That, po- that post big victory elation sometimes just, um, uh, it can be difficult. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a trap game, but there's no question that Londonderry is uh, probably flying high right now, and that that Wyndham's capable of giving them a game if they're not focused. And if if uh, but then you think Coach Lozon's a good coach. He's probably going to get those guys. He's got some way of getting those guys back down to earth after that, I'm sure. And so uh, yeah, but I am looking forward to seeing who performs in that game. It should be a good one. You know, the the speed um, we were talking about with Londonderry, you know, I, I feel like I've seen a couple of kids in D1 that have that kind of uh, elite speed. Joey Lupo Tempo. at Bishop Girton, Curtis Harris at Nashua North. Yeah. And, you know, Harris was on his game again against Exeter. Uh, you know, another a, a game where, you know, they just kind of went back and forth uh, for a while. You know, it, it sounded like, you yeah. know, just... North would do something, would score. Exeter would come right back and score. They'd go up. Exeter would then go up. North would come right back and answer. Um, you Those know, games were like, it's just like the first team that gets a break here. Yeah, yeah. Is going to win. Or the first team that makes a critical mistake is going to, you know, those are great games. Um, North did take, uh, I haven't seen any updates about it, but it sounded like they get took a little bit of a hit, though. Um, yes. You know, losing Xavier Provost to what sounds like could be a, 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 at least sounded like a serious knee injury. Yeah, it sounded um, like uh, which I think WMUR said he, he, he went off with a, yeah. a, a very obvious knee injury. Um, would be kind of devastating because I believe he was a kid that got hurt last year too for North. Um, just tough for, for his teammates, I think, to probably see. But also just, you know, he's a very good player for them. Yeah. Um, so to, to lose that kind of guy, you're going to need somebody to step up. Well, and that uh, was the guy too that most obviously answered the mail on the ask that we had in the beginning of the season, which was we all know that they have Curtis, and we all know that he can carry that team, but the difference is going to be what do they have around Curtis Harris to uh, you know to build off of and to take some heat off of him. And Provost was the guy that I think did uh, the most stepping up in terms of answering right, that question. Right, yeah. like he was really yeah. on the radar of, okay, how do you stop both of these guys? You know, on on that final drive for North, um, that guy was Anthony Green stepped up and had a couple of big carries on yeah. that on that drive. Uh, North also, you know, you talked about getting breaks. Um, you know, North ends up getting a uh, or excuse me, Exeter gets called for a late hit at the end of a uh, a Harris run yes. on that drive. Very uncharacteristic. To get the mo- yeah, get yeah. moves the ball up to Exeter's twenty. You know, getting them just a little bit closer to make um, Lucas Cunningham's uh, field goal. What was it 33 yard field goal as time expires yeah. which 
And a 33-yard field goal in high school is pretty impressive. Well, and and from you know what I understand, he was a, he'd never kicked one that far in a game before. Yeah. So that's um, yeah, that's quite a feat to, um, to in that moment. I mean, I I was trying to think of it as I was here, you know, reading about this and yeah. and just. No, do I don't you know. know. I'd, have, I'd have probably folded. I probably would have run up to <laughs> kick the ball and completely missed it. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have done that even if there was no pressure. I mean, <laughs> I've got nothing there. But uh, now, do you know, and this might be an unfair question to ask you, is he like a rostered player? Like, does he have a No, he plays, yeah. He's he a, just I, believe, like a kicker for them? I believe he's a lineman for them, oh, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, he's a he's a guy that contributes in in multiple phases. That's great. Yeah, having yeah, some teams sometimes they have oh the yeah, the, the kicker the, yeah, or, the, yeah, or, or just yeah. a dude that just kicks. Yeah. And Unless I'm mistaken, I I believe he uh, yeah he contributes uh, on offense and defense for yeah. them. Uh, well, that uh, that makes North amongst the undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, right? North at four and zero. Of course, Londonderry's at four and zero. Yeah, you've got Bedford still undefeated four and zero. So yeah, those are your your undefeated teams. Londonderry and Bedford will play. Uh, in two weeks yeah. at Bedford to kind of uh, that, you know, that one, I would imagine both teams are going to be undefeated going into that game. Bedford plays central this week, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Central's been like rebuilding. Yeah. And as we mentioned, Londonderry plays Wyndham. So would not be a surprise to see both of them be undefeated going yeah. in. Uh, North has a huge game this week. Uh, again, getting to take on Nashua South. Uh, of course, the uh, battle of the bridge game on Friday, South coming off a 47-28 win over Merrimack that really gets them right back into the, I mean, puts them in a playoff spot right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, we were, we're sitting here after that. They lost to BG a couple weeks ago where they get shut out. Um, kind of wondering, like, what kind of season are, are they going to have? Yep. You know, and here they've had back-to-back -back weeks where they're scoring 45-plus points. Um, Not sure I would have predicted that. No, no. And and here at 3-1, and one, I mean, you know, as much as we, we you know, we both – seem to like Nashua North and what they've been able to do this year. Got to start talking I mean, about this is, now. Yeah, this is, um, this is potentially a game that could be for the top seed in the conference. Of course, both teams – or, excuse me, North still has to play BG, who's also in the mix um, yep. at 3-1. and one. So it's um, – well, I think this West Conference is kind of shaping up to be pretty – maybe a little more interesting than we thought it might. It, it is. And, and, you know, it's funny, too, though, because you still um, – and this may be completely unfair, but I'm just being honest. Like, you still have a question mark around South – and I think it's because I have a question mark around Merrimack, right? So it's like, was that win against Merrimack a really quality win against a good team, which is, from what my eyes have seen, I would have said yes. But Merrimack's been very inconsistent this year. I would not have expected South. Even, um, I, I understand they returned a couple of really good players uh, for the Merrimack game, and, and those guys make a difference. Yeah, I forget the two guys' um, names. but you uh, Dante Young them. came back at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and then... Um, the older compo brother Jason yeah. was also back for that game. So yeah, he that I mean, if nothing else, they had you know depth and experience right to to what was looking like a little bit of a younger team. Yeah, in and some maybe spots. even just an emotional lift, right? I mean, hey, we've got these guys back. It feels like you've got your complete team there. But I, so I, so again, I, I'm not really sure because I'm not sure about Merrimack at this point because they've been inconsistent. I'm not really sure whether that was a quality win for South. I mean, it's certainly a helpful win, right? You put Merrimack in the rearview mirror, but. Um, I think now, now South though has a lot of momentum, and they are positioned to uh, to start setting the stage for what the end of the season is going to look like. You know, and and Merrimack has a, another or has a, a game this weekend that really could be what determines their playoff fate against Bishop Girton. Right. Um, you know, they lose that game, and they fall. You know, potentially three games behind. I mean, you include tiebreakers, potentially three games behind. 
um, BG and South, yep. plus with North still, still to play. play you know, so that's it would be a real uphill climb for them. They still have to play Portsmouth uh, Oyster River as well. Yep, which is you a know, who's a very good team. Um, you know, so there's um, this is a uh, probably a bigger game for Merrimack than it looked like. You know, at the be I mean, it's a, it, it's a rivalry game. I mean, th that's another great thing this weekend. There's all these rivalry games. Um, you know, some a little bit newer than others, uh, but that one, you know, that one's got a. Um, have to circle that one. Interesting start time too, seven thirty Saturday night. So yeah, yeah. you know, if you're looking for something to do late night Saturday and uh, well, haven't got your fix of high school football, and you can guarantee that the BG Merrimack game will not be over in two hours. I, I mean, the Merrimack games that I've gone to, they they all they're it's like Red Sox Yankees. I mean, the game they, they they go long. So if you're a big fan of like buckling in and watching a long football game, I would guess the BG Merrimack game will go later into the evening. So, uh, you know, on the other side, we didn't even we probably didn't mention um, two of the other bigger games coming up this weekend. Uh, of course. Pinkerton is at Salem Saturday afternoon. Ah, uh, yes. And actually, they're at Haverhill, not at Salem. So if you were looking to go to that one, that's a 2 o'clock kickoff yeah. uh, in, down in Mass. Um, and that's kind of a, a do-or-die game for Pinkerton, I think. I yeah. mean, they, that would a loss there would put them at 2-3, and three, um, put them behind Goffstown, behind Salem, behind Londonderry for, for that playoff spot. Yeah. Um, tough tough spot and to what's, be in. And what's Salem's record now? They, they they're also 3-1. They're 3-1, Yeah, one. They're yeah three and they one lost to, to Londonderry, yeah. Yeah, so they've and just they, lost to Londonderry, and then the last, might be the best last team two in New weeks, Hampshire. Last two weeks, they haven't given up any points. Right. Um, so they've not a lot of points since that Londonderry game two weeks ago. Yeah, and they've ran the ball very well. Yeah. You know, their running game is, has kind of developed behind Maroon and um, – uh, who's the other guy that they have there who's been really uh, good? Mulvey. Mulvey, oh, thank yeah. you, Riley yeah. Mulvey. And, uh, yeah. uh, and then the other big game, rivalry game this weekend um, that maybe maybe has a little bit of uh, – lost a little bit of its shine just because when it kind of a little bit rebuilding, but they go to Exeter Saturday afternoon. And I, I'm sure that the crowd there will not care one bit that, that no. when it kind of might be a little bit down. And, and it, it's, yeah, that's, a, that's another one maybe, maybe just behind uh, – Pinkerton and Londonderry in terms of attendance, there'll be a couple thousand people yeah. at that game. Yeah, well, and, and two, I would say, in all seriousness, I mean, I'm not saying this for dramatic effect, there have been years where, for example, Winnicunnet was down going into that game, and Winnicunnet has pulled yeah, out a and win. Or, or at least or, given them a game, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or, and it's almost always a game. I mean, I don't, I don't think I remember the last time. You, you're, you, you, you're probably going to say two years ago, because no, you're I really don't, good at that, but I don't ever remember it not... I don't, you know, not being a game. It's been Ever. a close game from from it's what I can such remember. Such a great yeah. rivalry. Um, the other big rivalries, uh, Spalding at Dover Friday night. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually the oldest rivalry in New Hampshire, going back to like the like a hundred years ago. Yeah. Uh, which is also a good interesting. Yeah. This year, yeah. Both of those teams are kind of like on the verge of just needing a, a, a piece or two to be a lot better than they ri they are right now, you know, whether it's just putting something together or whatever. But, like, both of those teams have been really fun to watch this year. I've seen them both. And it's like they're just missing that, whether it's experience or whatever it is. But, yeah, it should be fun. And and since we're talking rivalries, this seems like a good time to transition to our Division Two talk. Um, Big one. Sauhegan at Milford. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I started doing this, as we I think we talked about a little bit last week, my, my first football season here was uh, 2006. I was uh, working as the sports editor out at the Milford Cabinet, yep. which uh, was the weekly paper out there uh, in Milford. Covered both of these teams. 
Um, I don't know if I actually got to see a Sauhegan Milford football game though for a while because we had uh, I, I you know I got help from whoever I could get help from, and um, I feel like someone else was always covering that game and not not me, um, which at the time. They played, I think, week one every year because yeah, I think Milford, Milford's point of view was maybe let, let's get this out of the yeah, way and yeah, kind of, right. you know, just just in case we have to play him again and we'll get it. Maybe we'll yeah. be better the second time around. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I think Sauhegan had never lost to Milford. And then, of course, wouldn't you figure the year that Sauhegan's going for, it's uh, what, back-to-back undefeated championships. Milford comes in with the team that really – Nobody. I, rem- I I still remember talking to Keith Jones before that game uh, on the phone and asking him, you know, what are your what's the key for you guys to to win this game? And he said, well, we have to hope that Sauhegan's bus breaks down and doesn't sh- <laughs> and they don't show up. I, I'm I'm it may I might be I might maybe that's not word for word, but it was along Come something on, along Jonesy. those lines. Yeah. Um, and then of course they play. A perfect keep away game. Yeah, it was that fabled uh, yeah. night with the with the weird fog and yeah, uh, they, they just and lined up in yeah. the power eye and just smashed Josh Ibarra yeah. straight ahead like thirty times and just kept yeah. Sauhegan off balance. You know, you know, and, and and since you know, and won the game. Won uh, and yeah. won, won the game. That was uh, how far are we going back? Two thousand nine. Yeah. Ten years ago, the the rivalry it's been more of a rival rivalry since, since then. then. That was the and one that broke through. I would say Milford's probably even had the upper hand. Uh, sorry, no no offense there or anything, but uh, <laughs> I contributed so, somewhat so to that, <laughs> to that uh, trend. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and this year, I you know, given what we've seen from both teams so far this season, I think this is gonna has the potential to be an an epic kind of game. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's like we it's like I always like to talk about. It's a it's a um, it's a contrast of styles, right? So Milford has not really been much of a passing team. They're under center. They run, uh, you know, they rely on the run game and a lot of misdirection, play faking, option type stuff. Sauhegan's great in the screen game, wide running game, utilizing athletes. But you know what? We talk about offense so much. And if you think about, I think the way this game is going to go, it's going to be who's going to play defense in this game. Because you've got, a Sauhegan attack that has demonstrated that it can be pretty diverse and they've got a lot of weapons. Uh, I don't think they have any well, like big star threat, you know, like a, like a Curtis Harris or anything like that, but they've got a lot of guys that they can spread the ball around to and make big plays. Milford kind of the same thing, but they just get it done differently, right? They have Hanrahan, they have Ugu, they have Erda, who, like we had said a week or so ago, he was held to yardage that is just typically one run for him. It was like he was held to like 47 <laughs> yards, yeah, and you laughed yeah. and said, that's like one run for Erda. Um, well, Erda kind of took over that St. Thomas game. Right, they beat St. Thomas 63-42 to 42 yeah. last week. Not a lot of interest in playing defense on either side. I, I mean, that's that's almost a basketball score, like yeah. a bad basketball game. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just – and I, you know, I was – out of town following that game on Twitter, like yep. I'm, I'm sure you were and a lot of other people were. And I saw it going back and forth at 40, you know, 35, 42. Milford scores to make it. I think it made it 48 or 49. And I just expected to see St. Thomas. Come, and then I looked down again, and they scored again. Yeah. And they scored again. I, you know, what do you have, five touchdowns, four or five touchdowns? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like kind of what he's done with the exception yeah. of Pella. Yeah. You uh, know, so the question I think is, 
Sal, uh, Milford has always struggled. And, and you know, you mentioned, you said, hey, you know, Milford kind of did better against you guys. And they, well, you know what? That's true. And, and I, I think the thing is, Milford has always struggled against offenses right. yep. that are more, that are less like what they do. Yeah. Right. We were actually very similar to Milford's offense when I was at Sauhegan. And I think they were able to, you know, kind of prepare for us more efficiently. Milford struggled, and, and you saw it against St. Thomas right. this week. They do struggle yeah. against more of the spread type of teams. So Higgins really good at that under Coach Bocquet. Um, so now, to me, the question will be, how does Sauhegan avoid getting into a shootout with Milford? Well, so what's the answer going to be for starts with Erda, and how do you contain him? Probably a pretty good blueprint on the on the Pelham film. That right, I'm sure oh, that yeah. Coach Bach they probably had that burned that into their into their brains yeah. at this point. But then you also have to understand, like, but they have other things that they do well, right? They have Hanrahan, they have Ugu, they have um, Zelinsky. Z- yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the younger yeah. of the two Zelinsky guys. The other guy graduated. So, so Sauhegan's defensive game plan and Milford's defensive game plan, I think, are the key to this one. Who's going to do the better job stopping the offense? That's not what what they're used to stopping. And then, um, I mean, so that's kind of the maybe the marquee game of the week in Division Two. Uh, but you know, there's it, it, they're not rivalries that you know you look at and say, well, you know, these teams have played for 50 years. Yeah, and, you it's know, not this a, and that. it's not a Mac plaque. We have some we have some you know kind of budding rivalries, I guess you would say. One being um, St. Thomas at Plymouth this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, they played last year in Dover. Plymouth won that game. They, I think. The two previous seasons, Plymouth had ended St. Thomas's year in the playoffs. Yeah, um, you know, so that's another one to keep an eye on. And both teams are at two and two, and sure could use a win. Yeah, um, especially one that that's at the end of the year is probably going to look like a pretty quality win. Yeah, yeah, Plymouth with a surprising loss to Kennett, probably not surprising to Kennett. No, but uh, but we don't know a whole lot about Kennett. And I just think that's because a, of where they're yeah, from from located. What I've heard, I haven't heard too much specifics. But I think they're a team that we might have to start learning a lot about because yeah. they're, I mean, four and zero, and then they play Milford, I think in in two or three weeks. They there. do. Yeah. In fact, I had texted you at one point and yeah. said, "Does anybody have a tougher going forward schedule?" I mean, by the numbers, right? Yeah. And not not quality of teams compared D one D two. That's not the argument. But does anybody have a tougher relative schedule going forward than Milford? I, I don't know that they do. Yeah. So uh, Milford's undefeated right now, but they have a brutal brutal schedule going Sauhegan, forward. Sauhegan this week, Kennett the following week, then Sanborn and Conval, and then they finish with Alvern. Yeah. I mean, that's more – Yeah, it's those three that are – that's just tough to still have in the front view. And Sauhegan's remaining schedule is no cakewalk either. Milford and then Pelham, Hollis, Brookline, West, and Bow. Yeah. So those are – Wow, yeah. that's tough yeah. too. That Actually, that might be just as tough. Yeah. Um, then the other other game um, mentioned those two teams there, Hollis Brookline going to Pelham on Saturday night. That's one of those uh, budding rivalries. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of over the last couple of years. Uh, for whatever reason, Pelham has had Hollis's number. I yeah. mean, two years ago, I think it was a seven nothing game. Uh, the lone touchdown coming on a uh, kick return or punt return for for Hollis or excuse me for Pelham. Yep. And then and last Pelham year they blew them out. Year. They blew out Hollis Brookline right. uh, in only, Hollis. And not only did they blow them out. But they almost kind of like blew him out using Hollis's game. You know, it was a lot of vertical passing from uh, from Pelham, and it was a, a, a you know um, uh, they just got after they got after the quarterback really good. Um, and we know Pelham can play defense this year, 
And you certainly know that after the the Milford game. A couple right, weeks holding ago. them to 14 points, seven points in in regulation. Yeah, but Quinton Wimmer is back now, and for Hollis and uh, the Hollis um, West game was never in contention. I don't think. Right. I mean, that was. 49 to nothing I think or something yeah I mean, 49 nothing Hollis win yeah yeah it was yeah. I mean the, the the West West is a greatly improved team but obviously they they just couldn't defend what Hollis does well Hollis is just way too wide open and athletic and uh so it'll be interesting because the the Pelham Milford matchup was like style to like style well now Pelham's going to figure out can we duplicate our game plan that we had last year can we get after Sandra Wimmer and cover just long enough out back you know to keep Quentin and uh, and some of those other receivers from having the big games you know there's uh, so we talk rivalries but I think we're, we're limited to just division one and a couple d2 games there division three we don't have rivalries yet a lot of these teams are playing each other for the first couple times last year's yeah we get some really good games though a couple on the big games. there yeah um, the biggest probably being 4-0 Lebanon going to 4-0 Hillsboro during Hopkinton Saturday yep. afternoon for a 3 o'clock game. Um, you know, we're going to find out quite a bit, I think, from that game. You, of course, got uh, Lebanon puts its 4-0 record out there um, with some pretty good wins. You know, they've they've got a win over at or win at Monadnock. That's a huge win um, for them. Yeah. Win over Trinity and a win over Newport, which... You know, it may not have looked like much at the time, but given some of the scores, Newport looks like it's going to be a pretty competitive team. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, it was a sloppy uh, – it was a tough game for Hillsborough during Hopkinton to beat Newport this past weekend. Right. They right? had played I mean, a close game with them too. Uh, HDH had been kind of running away with things in a very convincing way, but, you know, that so, so that tells you that – both of those wins were quality wins because obviously the Tigers are a, a pretty good football team. Yeah. And Newport um, this week, uh, they host Monadnock uh, on Saturday afternoon. Right. And if that's not enough for you, we got Campbell at Trinity Saturday night at Gill. Another big one. Four and O Campbell, three and one Trinity. I, I mean, this it's, is a big weekend. It's a, for it is a three. huge, huge weekend. It's a it's a big weekend. I feel like every, I feel like a lot of these games this weekend have a lot of uh a lot riding on them yeah um which is kind of interesting to have or fun to have at this point in the season because we're still you know still trying to figure out where everybody is and, and yeah. trying to you know just kind of get a bearing on on who's going to be there at the end and this is we're going to get some separation here i uh, think yeah absolutely i mean the 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 lebanon uh hillsborough deering hopkinton game will be interesting because i mean that's a battle of two very good players you have uh rainy on one side quiet on the other uh, I think they're similar players in terms of their styles and what they've, you know, maybe was almost said what they've achieved this year. But I think Colby Quiet probably got a few more, a uh, few are, more touchdowns. Pretty there. impressive, yeah. right? You know, so you know the, the the interesting thing was that Lebanon demonstrated the ability to be uh, to to really throw the ball effectively, right? When they they uh, they encountered a pretty stout Monadnock defense that sort of got in their faces, pressed them. You know, got everybody up on the line of scrimmage, and and they had to respond, and they were able to. Which, if I'm uh, Hillsborough during Hopkinton, and I'm looking at defensive game planning, I'm saying, geez, you know, you can't just sell out to stopping Rainey in the run game. You've got to be able to play good pass defense and match up with the athletes too. So, I, I don't know. It should be a really interesting 
really interesting game. You know, and there are two games on Friday night in Division Three that are probably flying a little bit under the radar because they're teams at the you know the bottom half of, of the division. But you've got Epping Newmarket going to Laconia Friday mm-hmm. night. They're coming off their first win of the year where they put up 63 points against Interlakes Mol- Interlakes Moltenboro. Right. Uh, you know, Laconia at 2-2, two and two, you know, they got a couple of nice wins there, but... It's almost a do-or-die kind of yeah. Laconia. Laconia and Epping Newmark. I yeah. mean, if they can, you know, maybe that the winner of that game probably has an inside track at getting a, and getting maybe the seventh or eighth seed in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, then in the other other game that uh, that uh, Friday night in Division Three, you got again Interlakes Moultonboro going to Summersworth. You know, say, well, why do we bring that game up? Summersworth is 0-4. Interlakes Moultonboro is 0-4. But this was the point last year that we had talked about Summersworth opening the year with Campbell, yeah. Monadnock, Laconia, Stevens. They were 0-4 at this point last year. You know, and they only lost, they lose to Laconia by four. They lose to Stevens by three. Right. Those are Tough closer games. games than they were a year ago. Right. You know, so does, is this the point where Summersworth goes on their run again uh, and makes it into the playoffs? Right. Uh, you know, kind of almost remarkably. Um, yeah. Because as I know we've talked about before, you know, it's hard to make the playoffs at 0-2. Yeah, almost 0-4 is, I think Summersworth is the only team that's ever done this since the new format's been put in place. Yeah. To go 0-4 and make the playoffs. Uh, so those are two games that maybe maybe aren't going to draw a lot of attention Friday night, but are definitely worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. And then, um, you know, in, in Division Four, you know, we had our uh, the game we talked about being potentially, you know, for the number one seed in the division. Um, and it was Winnesquam all over Raymond yeah. in, in that game. Which actually kind of surprised me that it was that th- there was that much of a delta there. Right, right? yeah. I, I, we, I think we all thought that was going to be a little closer. Yeah, 34-7 uh, Winnesquam came, yeah. away, came away with the win there. So, you know, now they're 4-0, sitting in the driver's seat in Division Four. Um, you know, not – and they, they've got wins over, um, you know, some other – what we thought were going to be other good teams in the division. However – they still have to play Bishop Brady, who's at three and one, yep. and then Franklin. I think is still going to be a tough game for them. Um, and Franklin this week has kind of a game that's going to, you know, they're going to need to win in order to keep their season kind of alive here. They play Raymond this week. Yeah. Um, you know, they're at one and three. Really need to, um, need to get a victory out there, but yeah, um, yeah. So that's uh, another one to keep an eye on, I suppose. Yeah, and the question for that one will be: Is is Raymond reeling from? You know, the, sort of the, the 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 loss hangover last week. I'm sure they expect it to be more competitive than they were. And you know, do they get taken advantage of, or are they you now sort of galvanized by that? And you know, are they going to come after Franklin a little bit? I don't know. You know, it, it remains to be seen. So I mean, we are uh, we're going to get a treat this weekend. I think with some of these football games, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting week. Uh, any thoughts on where you might end up uh, Friday night? Uh, no thoughts, certainties. <laughs> I mean, unless something bizarre happens, which has been known to be the case, uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to going seeing Sauhegan Milford. Yeah. That's, that's something that I was a part of for the time that I was at Sauhegan, and uh, I, I just I, it's a lot of fun. And I know people on both of those coaching staffs, and you know, you know the names, and it's in the area, and it's just to me that's. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I haven't yeah. seen that yet. So I haven't seen that game since I left, and so I'm kind of looking forward to going and seeing it. Yeah, I'm. I am. Uh, it's an odd week where things are still kind of up in the air. Usually by this point, I've got things figured out. But um, 
we'll see. I'm either going to be there or at, at North South. Um, yeah, again, two great rivalry games. Too, yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those weeks where I really wish I'd spent some time trying to figure out how to clone myself because yeah, you, you know I really really like to be in multiple places this I know. weekend. I know. Because um, it's like th- I think it's going to be a real treat. Yeah. So, any other final thoughts to add before we wrap it up for uh, for another another week? No, I just ca- I can't believe how quickly we've gotten into almost mid season yeah. yep. and we're we're starting to like we've said right we're starting to figure out who the teams are that that are pulling away and I think this is going to be a big weekend that solidifies all that when we come back next week we'll be saying these guys are we'll on the be, driver's seat. yeah these guys have work to do we are it's just going to be that clear I think we're in October it's time know. you know the weather Friday looks like football weather 50s and rainy uh, oh, really? during the day yeah all right, uh, well. even I might actually have to break out the jeans well you know that that will that's interesting because you know when you think about some of these rivalry games we've talked about there's some teams that would not want to be playing in right the game and there's <laughs> others that would thrive yeah. in it, so um, huh. keep that in mind yep. uh, when you're going to your games and bring your blankets and maybe your raincoats uh, yeah. this weekend little umbrella doesn't yeah. hurt anybody <laughs> Uh, He is Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again. Thank you. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.